Y'all did it again. You just, you did it again. Just, let's give him another hand. Let's, seriously, y'all. As an avid studier of the classical music of Rihanna, <laughs> that was powerful. I, I mean, I, this is my second time hearing. That I can't believe, I still can't believe y'all are singing Rihanna in this church. <laughs> it's Rihanna. That's what's up. I'm Pastor Danny Givens from Above Every Name Ministries. Thank you for having me out. This is uh, the co-pastor of our church, Pastor Maria Perry, who's in front, and my brother Richard, Mac Richard McLemore, who came out to support and show some love for the work that we're doing here at First Universalist. Can, can you guys give yourselves a hand for singing Rihanna and then having me out afterwards? I want to start out by, by just saying thank you to, you to your church for, having the kind, for creating the kind of space that allows... Uh, for, for people like myself to come in here and hear Rihanna being sang in the church. I appreciate that. Uh, my brother, Reverend Justin Schroeder, good brother, good friend. We connected uh, almost, what, about four or five months ago now? Back in November, we went to Prairie Group together. And, it's, as, and, and this, is, this is something that I haven't said to him, but I'm going to say publicly. I feel like we've been knowing each other for years. It's just been this instant connection that has happened uh, with Brother Justin and I, and, and it's just amazing to see. And it, here's the other amazing thing for me is that in, in, in the church world that I come from, you usually don't get an inv uh, invite to somebody's church until either unless you're really popular or you've gotten to know that person for quite some time. So thank you for extending the olive branch and allowing me to come and to be here with you all today. Amen. Can we give Justin another hand? Because y'all have an amazing reverend and pastor. Amen. So this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is probably my last time you guys will see me standing here for the rest of this service. I can't stand still and preach, so I'll be over here in some other areas. I may come down there or whatever. So once I get through reading this reading, you all will not see me here, all right? <laughs> uh, the reading that's coming from today is, is from, the, from the Bible, um, and it's the, the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. For those of you who subscribe to the Bible, this would be great. For those of you who have your, your own personal expressions and thoughts about it, just use this text as an educational lens or framework for the sermon that we're about to hear. Amen? Is that cool? Now, what I'm going to ask from you all is this, is that if there are some things that happen to hit home for you or stir you up, just say a good amen, a hearty laugh, shout, stand up, clap, do something. Let us know that we're reading your mail today. Amen. That's what I want you to do. So please, if, if some stuff hits home and resonates, clap, shout, just do something. Even if you do the old holiday wink, I'll catch you. <laughs> if you give it to me, you got to make sure you nod the head though, so I know it's you. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 19 through 10, uh, and it reads, it says, For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Somebody say, I am what I am. I Somebody say, I am what I am. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. 
I titled this message today, and this was difficult for me when, when uh, Minister Ruth had called me and said, well, Pastor Danny, do you have a sermon title? One of the things that I don't do is I don't write sermons. I get my message the Sunday of. So I'm going to preach in my church a few minutes after we leave here, and I, God just gives it to me different. So I struggle with giving you all a title to my message. I struggle with giving that brief little narrative that you got in your, in your weekly bulletin about what was going to happen today. The other piece that I struggled with was putting on this. It was a, it was a little issue for me. It was an issue for me. I went, I went deep sea diving in my prayer closet to unearth this suit and one of the sisters from the choir actually recognized the suit even though she didn't know she said well I watched a sermon that you preached called do you love me I said that was the last time I wore this suit that was in 2011 amen so so thank you my sister amen but in sitting back and, and, and preparing my heart and my mind and my spirit for the word today, what began to jump out to me as I asked Ruth, I said, well, what's the theme for this month? And she said, grace. I said, whoa, I can preach that. But hold on, we got to do something else before I preach. You can't give a black preacher a, a, a mic and not put him on a timer. So let me put this timer on real quick, right? Because we'll be here all day, right? I'm going to put the timer on. Y'all can clap. It's okay. Do the holiday nod. <laughs> There, I was there twice. I should be happy. So as I was preparing my heart and my mind for this message, I was really thinking about what does grace really mean? And I know that there's been some weeks of sermons going on, and I didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast or whatever. And so again, if I say things that are confirming or affirming to you, make sure you let me know. So I was preparing for this message. I was, I was sitting back and I was thinking, about, I said, what does it mean to have grace? Why do we have grace? What's the need for it? And furthermore, why did the writer of this particular epistle in the Bible, why did the apostle Paul choose at this point in time to begin to write about grace? Well, let me give you a little background history on Paul so you can understand how he came to be able to write that powerful scripture where he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. The apostle Paul was, was giving his resume to the people with saying, listen, if there's anybody that should be able to boast, my resume reads like one like no other he said I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews I was born of the tribe of Benjamin I was circumcised on the eighth day I'm a writer of the law and, and, and an administer of justice and he said listen you got to understand before I found grace the things that I was doing weren't something that everybody was celebrating no one was coming to, to, to the church of Paul to be persecuted by him for their indifferent beliefs and doctrines of truth that govern their life. And so Paul began to say, wait a minute, some things happen in my life and I have to now take some time to look back over my shoulder to be able to express very matter-of-factly to you all how I got to be me. You ever ask yourself that question? How did I get to be me? You know, fabulous, fancy, free, all those things, stylish, debonair, swagged out. Some of y'all think you're Rick James. I get it, right? <laughs> How did you get to be you? 
Grace afforded us an opportunity to be able to discover more about ourselves because grace is that revolutionary truth that the universe, the Holy One, the Great Spirit, and God uses to show us. What's the purpose? What's the plan? I mean, you all just don't look so nice and have combed your hair and wrapped scarves around your neck to come here this morning to sit here and just look nice. There's a purpose. There's a mission for you this day. And whether you buy into it or not, or whether you subscribe to it or not, I'm not trying to come with this missional doctrine to you. I'm only coming to speak that the reason for your great smile isn't just so the world could see your great smile. As cute as it is. Right? Grace comes in and gives you permission to be the you that you never knew you could be. Grace comes in and gives you permission to be the you that you never knew you could be. Now, I understand because my brother Arif read a, a powerful reading today. We're talking about the verbiage and language around religion. And so grace and those kind of things and purpose can be uh, uh, faith-based or religious narratives and strange to some people. And so what I'm saying about permission is there's this thing that grace does. Grace shows up and shows you everything about you that you don't want nobody else to know about you so some people I saw a wink that means I'm reading somebody's mail I saw it it was over there right so what happens is it begins to now grace comes in and gives you permission to be the authentic and true you I remember I'm born and raised right here and this message is a little different y'all getting a bonus message other than what they got earlier I could <laughs> amen <laughs> I can remember growing up here in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I can remember during the glory days of Lauren Park. Anybody familiar with Lauren Park? The glory days of Lauren Park when somebody or a group of somebodies found out that, hey, I can be me, fancy, free, and the public. And when I begin to see the LBGT community, which wasn't identified as such then, begin to walk in their truth, I was thinking about the authenticity of grace they had to arrive at. To have permission to show up. And the courage it takes to come out of the closet. And what I'm talking about, this is no indictment on that community. I'm talking about us who have purpose wrapped up inside of us and don't want to use the access of grace to have permission to come out of the closet and to live in love out loud. Now this is a controversial sermon, so y'all make sure y'all manage how this gets out, right? Grace comes in, and the Apostle Paul said, listen, I know I have this wonderful resume. His resume reads like white privilege, if we, if we really look at it. He says, listen, I can come in. I can do whatever I want. I mean, Paul was persecuting people. And the truth be told, if Paul was to walk through these doors today, he wouldn't come in and touch none of you pretty people right here in the pews. He would come straight for Reverend Justin and myself because he was a persecutor of the church. What gave Paul the ability to see beyond his confined restraints of what he thought the church of God should or shouldn't be? Paul comes in and says, listen, I could have continued to live a great life, but I realized along this road that I was traveling on, I met 
someone named Grace. Because Grace will come and knock you down. Grace will come and sit you down. Grace will come and bottom you out. Grace will come and, 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 and discipline you. Grace will come and begin to direct you. Grace will come and begin to now uh, uh, cause you to see measures and facets about who you are in ways that you've never seen it before. So Paul says, listen, I'm not the best. But what I want you to know is if it wasn't for grace, I wouldn't be who I am. And so now that you realize who we are, grace doesn't give you permission to be complacent. Grace doesn't give you a permission. I saw as I was out there in the foyer greeting people that there were some lovely cushions out there underneath the thing. For those of y'all who get too comfortable upon these pews, that if it's a little too rough for you, that you can put some more cushion and nestle in. And there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. I'm not making no... But don't ease on back and recline into your pew of comfort and complacency when God is calling you, when the universe is calling you, when grace is calling you to live in the law of justice and love out loud every day so take them cushions up out of here no, I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> right grace comes in and so Paul then says he says I understand the mission of grace and, and Paul goes on to say he says the grace that is on my life is not in vain Think about that. Think about the things that you went through to get to the place of being able to sit where you are today. Did you survive cancer to sit upon pews of ineffectiveness? Were you able to live through the significant loss and the complicated grief? of someone or someones who meant the world to you to only come here to first you and to hide in the balcony I love y'all up there don't be mad at me <laughs> did you survive the divorce the foreclosure the severance package did you survive the hurt from previous faith institutions and religious modes of expression that you had prior to coming here only to come here and sit and smile and say I'm healed look at my scar but I don't want to do anything else about it and grace is saying to you matter of factly I brought you out don't let it be in vain and I understand some of us had to survive a lifestyle of busyness. And so hearing me talk about get up and do something can seem accosting. But grace can give you permission to rest. And there's a difference between resting and being complacent. Come on, y'all. <laughs> the rest is for a period of time. Complacency can become a lifestyle if you're not careful. And so I'm thankful that grace is like the security at the airport. That when it sees something, it'll say something. 
Because grace will reveal to you those, those dark areas, those inner recesses of our lives and our hearts that we try to hide and compartmentalize and tuck away. And we show up with our Abercrombie and Fitch. We show up with our North Faces on. We show up with our, with our loafers and all of these things and say, oh, grace and say, I see you. Come out with your hands up. Because <laughs> some of you tried to get through the checkpoint of grace. And you had some stuff in your carry-on that wasn't going to make it through the security line. See, some of y'all, I understand how many of y'all struggle with packing. Yeah. Sitting back and you try to cheat on that three-ounce minimum. And Grace said, I saw you with that four ounces of indifference. I got to have that. Bring it back. You can't take it on the plane. Tried to smuggle an extra pack of anger. Grace says, I see it and I'm saying something. But some of us aren't trying to bring it onto this plane called purpose in our carry-on. Some of us are hiding it in our heart. Thank God for Grace's checkpoint, though, that you can go through that body scan and lift your hands and you can see that area of uncertainty, and it, and it says, wait a minute, we need, we need to go through because you couldn't make it through with this because if you're truly going to walk through the corridors of love, grace is going to check you at the gate and say, wait a minute, mercy says this. You have to release some of those things that you have to be your authentic you. I've come into your life so you can be you. I don't want you to be anybody else. If I wanted you to be anybody else, I would have made you an automaton or a robot. Some of y'all would have been some cute avatars. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but Grace comes in and says, can we sit some things down? Can we, can we sit at the table of transparency and truth? And can we be honest? Grace says, can you see beyond my religious scars? Grace says, can I see beyond my religious scars? Because remember, complacency would have us want us to do the work with everybody else, but it would never have us do the work on ourselves. And remember, before you could ever do the work of grace, you got to begin to be real with yourself. So Paul says, the grace of God on my life is not in vain. And the only way I could work is if I look into the mirror of grace and I get a revelation of what that looks like. So you can look into the mirror of grace and you can put on your sunglasses of coolness and try to shade the areas of your life so that nobody else really realizes where you really are. But I promise you, when you walk away from that mirror, grace is hot on your tail saying, there's still work for you to do on yourself. Because as you do the work on yourself, it's easier to extend grace to others. 
And for this work that we're doing here at First Universalist, if we're truly going to extend the olive branch, my brothers and sisters in the balcony, because y'all need grace up there. I can just tell. I'm looking. I can just see. Look at all. They all just need so much. That's why I can just fire hose grace up there for y'all. Right? But in order for you to extend that olive branch, will you do the work on you? God bless you. Thank you for having me.